<laughs> I love it. We are back. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on the Sam Nation Radio Network. And of all places, uh, I'm back right now, right where it all began. Deep behind the orange curtain in my old stomping grounds uh, in California this weekend. It's a three-day weekend, Martin Luther King holiday on Monday. So office is closed, came back to Cali to escape normalcy. Just kidding. Um, it's Well, Nevada is definitely more normal i was uh, i was telling my wife sherry i said after after the show I, i'll do the podcast and then let's go get some in and out and i said can't we just eat the in and out there like on the patio and she said i don't think so and it reminded me uh how how actually you can still eat an in and out burger on a patio outside the restaurant in nevada and that uh, that's where we have come to, folks. Now we 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 celebrate little joys like that. So um, so hopefully right now that the election turned out the way that it did. Uh, I'm hoping that soon enough, these blue state governors are going to realize that they can't keep their states closed forever. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Also, we'll we'll give you some bit of inside baseball here. I, I'll do it later in the program and explain where I've been and 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 kind of talk to you a little bit about where I'm going to go with this because I have this damn day job that is uh, taking about 120% of my time and I got to squeeze my kids in somewhere, okay? So um so that's that I'll I'll t- we'll talk a little bit about more about that uh, later in the hour. But first, I know, and I appreciate all of you reaching out. You want the skinny on what the f is going on, and I will, I will do that. We'll try, we'll, we'll unpackage this here bit by bit, and hopefully give you some amount of of insight and peace of mind. I hope. Uh, so here goes. I was in the Czech Republic as a lot of this was unfolding, uh, visiting Daniel and. Um, and so I, you know, the number one thing that everybody asked me there is like, so, so Sam, what is happening? Is Trump going to stay in office? We hear all these rumblings. We see all of this. And I, and the answer uh, leading up into last week, what I told everybody is no. He lost the election. Was it stolen? We don't know. Were there funny things going on with the vote? Probably. Anytime you have a mail-in election where ballots are being printed like Argentinian currency in the middle of a crisis, (laughs) you're going to have misuse and fraud. You're going to have... Uh, a winner of that election be the person not who is the most popular candidate per se, but the person who has the best operation in harvesting those ballots. And should any of those ballots not be properly filled in, right? I mean, it's up to the ballot harvester to get that done. So you have all these states where the state legislatures put forward rules that were favorable and then on the ground, the local uh, registrars and people who are actually running the elections 
I would say most of them in the tank for Joe Biden, certainly anti-Trump people, um, turned a blind eye to what no doubt was an enormous amount of help on behalf of one particular candidate. Here's the problem with all of this. It's not right. It's very tough to prove. And the way our system is set up is you've got to, in order to overturn an election, in order to go to the courts and ask for relief for any kind of wrong, you have to provide evidence. And our side, friends, it pains me to say this, but we got a little bat nuts crazy. Okay, we started talking about things like the Kraken. Which, you know, I'm not an idiot, and I am out there and a consumer of news from all different sides. It took me a while to even figure out what the Kraken is. Producer Robbie, you're looking confused. I Did you know what it, it in, the, in the beginning, did you know what the Kraken was? What everybody was talking about? Uh, so apparently, the way I understand it, uh, the Kraken uh, is a body of evidence. Something like, I don't know, some the a, an arc, a hidden arc, a trove of information uh, that is going to you know come up in the in the latter days and suddenly magically prove everything uh, that that QAnon and its um, and its and its aiders and abettors said would happen. Things, for example, like uh, that the Pope would be arrested on child sex charges. You know, you know this, by the way, this is all stuff that Lynn Woods, one of the leading attorneys challenging the election, was, was talking about. It literally is crazy. It is insane. And people that I know and I love uh, would send me emails and text messages with this nonsense. And I, you know, I was in the in the midst of closing out a very challenging year. 2020 was a very challenging year for me and uh, uh, picked the best time to start a new business. Let me tell you that. Uh, and, I, you know, and people are sending me emails. I, like, I don't even have time to respond to you. I don't have time to do a show, let alone get into all this nutty stuff. So the point being, it's very simple. Was there fraud in the election? Yes, uh, but no doubt. And how do I know that? I know that because I know the Democratic Party like the back of my hand. This is what they do. And I regret to inform each and every one of you that their ground game is way better than ours. And there it is. The rules of the game were changed. They were changed midstream. For the most part, they were changed legally. And I'm saying that because I I look at the Constitution. I know how to read. I'm a lawyer. And I see that it's up to individual states, specifically their legislatures, to set the rules and conduct elections. And that includes the election uh, for president. So they saw this COVID thing coming at them uh, and said, aha, we've got a way to do what we do best, which is collect ballots, you know. And normally, under normal circumstances, you know, you're collecting ballots that are that are absentee ballots. Those are a little harder 
To procure, you have to request one and fill out a form and send it off. Well, now everyone gets a ballot. It's magic. Ballots for everybody. Ballots for, I mean, if, if you know, if you registered your dog for a joke catalog at your address, you know, Fido Merjofsky, you know, and he could get a ballot in theory. So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm abs- this is how it works. But the, the rules are the rules. And you, it, what do you do? You have to go in and you'd have to fight. You'd have to take all this time and energy. And instead of talking about the Kraken, you should go in and get and collect as many affidavits, not six affidavits, not 20. I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands of affidavits from people that see and saw firsthand rules and laws being broken. Alternatively, seeing this coming, we should have organized and done our own efforts at collecting ballots. Now, in some places, Republicans did that. But one of the problems here has been from the get-go that Trump went to war with the Republican Party. I get it. I love that he went to, the, went to war with the Republican Party. But in, at no point in time did Trump organize any kind of a serious ground game going into this election. The election was about him, about his rallies. He basically did a rinse and repeat of 2016. The problem is it was 2020. And the rules of the game got changed. And that right there, my friends, is the problem. I am I'm going to sip a little bit of coffee because I now I'm worked up. Hold on. Stand by. Bill, I've missed your coffee. Oh, this is so good. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, the, it, it we could have done the same thing. And I'm going to tell you one other thing that happened with the selection. And I think I may have touched on it once or twice before last year as this election was underway. And that is that Trump needed to tone this thing down by five, maybe 10 percent. That 90 percent of what Trump says and does is spot on. It is fantastic. We all agree with it. We're behind him a thousand percent because, I mean, my goodness, he's 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 attacking all of the sacred cows of politics on the left, on the right. And and, and it is everything that we admire about him. But five, ten percent of the crap that comes out of Trump's mouth is is nuts. It's crazy. And it also belies some amount of obsession with his own personal ego. Now, I, I get you have to have a tremendous ego to say, I'm going to run for president, basically one man against everybody, and win. But it could have helped Trump once or twice to maybe go out there and say we instead of I. To spread credit around him. To <clears throat> build bridges with people instead of burn them down every 10 seconds. You can't effectively run the executive branch as a one-man band. You got to have a team. And yes, there were some good people on the team. Uh, and, and there were some bad people. 
But the revolving door, the turnover in the administration, I, I, and I say this as a business owner, I say this as a leader, I say this as a, uh, I think I am an effective, I know I am an effective manager. I look at all of this stuff that was going on. You know, you know when somebody leaves my, my office, and I, you know, from time to time, I do fire people. Uh, I'm known for it. It's why we have a great firm, because we are always building and we're always refining our A-team of people. And this A-team, right, when I have somebody leave for whatever reason, I don't obsess about them being gone. I don't talk trash on them. I don't I just move on. (laughs) I'm I'm in it for my business. I'm in it for me. I'm in it for my team that everybody I'm not. I'm not going to sit there and and call, you you know, uh, a has-been a loser. It is tremendously, I think, to do that would be very diminishing to my own personal brand. Also, uh, creating a huge problem within my organization as people see, well, gosh, if I get fired, he's going to go around town trashing me. I think... I know, would create a problem for me internally as I run my own organization day to day with the people that remain. So there there was there was this kind of stuff that kept happening over and over again. Now, I need to take a break for purposes of my voice. We're we're getting into the nuts and bolts of what happened. And I promise you, we're going to get into where we go from here. But I need to take a much needed time out. To be back with you in just a minute, Sam Rajowski, Sam Nation here on the Sam Nation Radio Network. You got hurt in an accident. Now you need the right lawyer to help you. Don't hire a do-nothing, no-call, no-show lawyer. We are Sam and Ash, and we are different. We've recovered over $400 million for our clients, and we promise to always call you back the same day. While no one can guarantee an outcome in your case, we have the experience to get you the results that you deserve. So call us at 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. I think you know the <clears throat> the Lincoln Project, those guys that were out to get Trump, got him, won, and are now sitting around drawing up lists of enemies of people that worked in the Trump administration, seeing to it that they do not get jobs. They are blacklisting a generation of youths, in many cases, younger people, uh, and um Ah, none of that will end well for these uh, Lincoln Project guys uh, and gals. <clears throat> that is my prediction. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on the Sam Nation Radio Network. Back from the dead, quite literally. Did I mention that I, in all of this madness, came down with COVID? I did. I picked it up in Europe. Uh, a, a wonderful. Uh, I think I got the European variant, which has to be the kind of the designer COVID, the boutique COVID, if you will. Uh, and and um, <clears throat> I guess my theory is I haven't had it officially confirmed. My theory is that I got the more contagious varietal of the Rona. 
uh, and it it just it tore through my family. Everybody got it. My uh, my son got it. My daughters, uh, Sherry, we all came down with it. Had to had a quarantine for a couple weeks. And I'm pleased to report that we're essentially fine. Even today, my uh, sense of smell and taste are coming back. Uh, and I I that I think is the weirdest thing when you can't smell anything. I, you, I would put up I take you know how bad it is. You put up, ah, you know, Sherry's got these these essential oils. Ah, bane of my existence. Anyway, I put up some these uh, eucalyptus oil up to my nose. Could not smell it at all. At all. And for about two days, I, I couldn't taste very well, uh, which I was okay because, I mean, I can live with that. Somehow the smell was just, it was odd. And then, it you know, it's, it's come back. It's coming back uh, as we speak. Um, look, it's, it, for me, it was, it was a flu, a bad flu. I think the only part of it is I was, I was nervous. Because I, I thought at any moment I could possibly, you know, need to be hospitalized, intubated and would be dying alone. So uh, but but none of that came to pass. I just uh, stayed at home and read and watched television. And so it happened to be uh, all to myself uh, watching television when Trump gave his speech before everything went to crap. So this was the speech that he gave in front of the White House to the assembled masses. And the speech, friends, let me tell you what my real time impression of the speech was. Now, I'm I'm in bed with I'm in bed with COVID and set the scene a little bit. I'm in bed, no fever. I'm not delirious, but I'm I'm watching Trump deliver those remarks. And I just think to myself, this is getting a little bit, this is getting a little bit weird. And, and I thought that that was my impression because it was the same retread of the same stuff, of the same allegations. Just me, 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 we got stolen, it was this, it was that. And it was actually so bad. That I, I walked away from it, went to the bathroom, came back, got into bed. And right around that time, Steve Scalise was speaking on the floor of Congress. And Steve Scalise was laying out this very brilliant argument for what needs to happen for election te- integrity. And it right then, it really struck me. There was this night and day difference between Trump and a guy in Congress who is very bright and was laying out some very reasonable arguments for what needs to be done in order to preserve the republic and freedom as we know it. But it, it, it was, it, I guess, very much aligned with what Trump was saying, but Trump was making it all about him. Now, I didn't hear Trump incite a riot. I didn't hear Trump. I mean, there's nothing Trump said, by the way, that would rise to the 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 federal code is very strict in what it defines as incitement and how it defines incitement. Nothing Trump did would even warrant a charge, let alone a conviction. But 
it is what it is. It, the, the speech really was blah. It was so blah that people left as he was talking. The you know the guys with the flags and the the hats and the you know, I I guess the pipe bombs, whatever. That they left. It it didn't come to a frenzied pitch where Trump goes, ah, go charge the Capitol. No, they got bored and left. I love how we're we've completely rewritten history in, in in the space of a week. I wasn't there. Like I said, I was in bed, but I was watching it. I was I was tuned into Fox News and there it was right in front of me. So. I go, I'm watching Scalise's speech, I take a nap. Because my my energy levels were low. I wake up from the snap and the world as we know it is on fire. <laughs> and I think, what the heck has just happened here? Um, and I and I thought uh, and, and immediately I saw where this was where this was headed. The problem, the number one most distasteful thing that Trump did in his speech. Was throwing Mike Pence under the bus. I realize many of you won't think that I will give me crap for saying this, but I do think I I, there's nothing Pence could have done. Pence has a ceremonial role to preside over the Senate as it meets to basically confirm the electoral college results. It is entirely up to the states to set the rules to elect their electors to go and submit their votes. And the Senate's role is just to say, all right, we accept it. That's all it is. The setup, Trump knew when he was giving that speech in the morning, he knew what what Pence was going to do. It was theatrics to set Pence up as the fall guy. And so there are people all over the place right now who see uh, Pence as a traitor, as somebody who's betrayed the cause of making America great again. And it's very, very unfair. Trump is a guy who has demanded a lot of loyalty from people. But in the closing days of his presidency he can't even give a little bit of it back you can never be successful leading a leading a movement like this one leading a cause that is worthy leading a revolution against ingrained political interest and throw your most loyal people overboard. For what? For a vainglorious moment of addressing a crowd? For creating drama? This is not, I don't know, this isn't television. And I, I look at this and I, 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 was, I was watching all this unfold. That's the takeaway. We're talking about incitement and riots and coups and all. We, we've, that, to me, all of that is nonsense. That, that wasn't a coup. A guy with body paint wearing horns, that's a coup. 
Y'all, I'm from Eastern Europe. Let me tell you, I, we know what coups are. We know a good coup when we see this was not a coup. These people were, you know, these people were cuckoo. And so this is this is where we're at with all of this. Trump missed an opportunity to anoint himself the head of the opposition to rise to the occasion to build a broad coalition that would be the resistance to the next four years of what is guaranteed to be insanity. I mean, the Biden administration, we, we I will I promise you we're going to do another follow up uh, show here to get to all of that. Uh, but but look, it, 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 it the, these when when we finally are able to see clearly. We will look back at these last 30, 60 days as the most devastating 60 days in the history of making America great again. And it's not because we lost the election. It's all because of how we acted at the end of it. We had Lynn Woods up there, basically national television and Sidney Powell. These, these, these guys were where they were speaking in tongues. The stuff that was coming out of their mouths was insane. I'm a lawyer, so I'm listening to it. I get it. But, you know, I, I my friends who are uh, police officers and plumbers and well, hey, no knock on you. I get it. It's not what you 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 live and deal with every day. So you're listening to it and they're presenting themselves as. You know, as capable professionals, you know, I, I told you I want this. My the show, I said, what this was what this was 60 days ago. I said, why do we have Rudy Giuliani? Giuliani finally got apparently got fired this week. Trump let him go. Trump was paying him $20,000 a day to have his sweaty hair dye run down the side of his face. Uh, You guys, you have to understand how misled we've been by these people. And again, you're not going to find a more staunch advocate of the of of the core program that is making America great. You won't. I'm your guy. But it's time for a fresh start because this these last two months have been bananas. Sam Rajovsky back right after this. Ash, what about those insurance ads with catchy jingles? And the lawyer commercials. The jingles might get stuck in your head, but they're designed to do one thing, distract you. Distract you from hiring the right professional team to represent you. Choose reputation over shtick. Sam and I are real personal injury attorneys who focus on you and your recovery. Call us anytime, 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Sam Rajovsky, rarely wrong, always right here on Sam Nation, on the Sam Nation Radio Network. And I am your favorite recovering Californian. Uh, how's that going? Good question, Robbie. Um, pretty good. I got my, I got my, a couple of funny things about Nevada. 
one of them is how they handle speeding tickets. So I got my first, uh, I'm sure, of many speeding tickets. And this is magnificent. On the ticket, you have three options. Okay, the first is you you pay uh, the fine and you get a point on your record. So far, just like California. Second option is you pay the fine, you pay for traffic school, which is an extra $50, and you get zero points on your record upon completing five hours of traffic school. But there's a third option. Are you ready for this? In Nevada, you can pay not $50, but an extra $100, and it just goes to some, I don't know, some nonsense safe driving program. Uh, meaning it goes to the government, okay? The government takes your money. An extra $100 and no points on your record. You can, it's, I felt like I was living inside of Chaucer's uh, partner's tail. You know, I, I was getting, I was, the, the Catholic Church was selling me an indulgence, only in, in place of the Catholic Church, it was the state of Nevada. So I paid the $100 and my sins were washed away. You can't see this. I know it's radio, but I'm crossing myself uh, and I, you know, I shall go forward and sin no more. Actually, I did. I got that speeding ticket at the airport. This is a public service announcement for those of you who might from time to time drive through the airport in Las Vegas. Uh, the speed limit is set to basically you could walk faster than you can drive. So you, you drive into the airport at, you know, 50 miles an hour, whatever it is, whatever the speed limit is. If you're coming off the freeway off the 215, it's, you know, 65 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour. You get off the freeway, boom, and it's 35 going into that tunnel. And it's basically that is how they make money. They just make money. So I went into that tunnel, not at 35, uh, certainly not anywhere near that. And they're very nice to write me up for uh, under 10 miles an hour. Over the speed limit. So considering that a win, zero points on my record, extra hundred bucks to the state of Nevada, and here we go. All right. I I promise you, I will get into a little bit about where we go from here. And so maybe producer Robbie and I can have a conversation where you get to hear half of it. But I still want to put a bow on all of these events because a very important part of this is where we go from here. And a lot of people are asking me, well, what's what now? Like, what where where does this leave us? And I I, I want to tell you that Trump will be remembered. Uh, his legacy, right, if you will. Uh, will be to prove to a whole new generation of politics that they don't need to kiss the ring of all these what we thought were these political pieties, or is it pieties, pieties? I don't know. I live in Nevada now. I've I've lost my sense of what's proper pronunciation. Anyway, it's not Nevada. I know that much. But the holy cows of politics, Trump took them down. He demolished them. He proved that you could come up from nowhere and become president. And this is why Democrats, Republicans, and all decent people need to stand up and fight this 
thing that the establishment wants to do to Trump right now in his post-presidency years, which is to go after him, to prosecute him, to 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 destroy him. Because trust me, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi and a whole lot of other Republicans establishment politicians want right now nothing more than to destroy Trump in an effort to make sure someone like him doesn't rise again. And like him doesn't mean a despicable person who's racist and whatever the the official mantra is. No, they don't want a commoner like you and I to ever come in and break into and destroy their world the way Trump did. But if there hadn't been a Trump, I don't know. There's a number of politicians that come to mind that that I think are presidential material. Rick DeSantis in Florida, for example, uh, is one of them. Trump helped Rick DeSantis get elected. Now, Rick DeSantis is a really smart guy. He's been absolutely right on COVID. Florida is booming economically compared to states like California and New York, where at every turn they have done exactly the wrong thing when it comes to, quote unquote, COVID mitigation. So Rick DeSantis is going to come out of this health crisis with a state that is on the come up, is ascendant, is America, right? In the sense that it's diverse and filled with immigrants and prospering and whatnot. Plus, he comes from a state where from time to time someone gets eaten by an alligator, which is, I think, a huge bonus uh, in terms of cachet and whatnot. So, Florida, who would have thunk? This is a guy who could become president. And it and is an entirely a construct of the last four years where we don't have to be obsessed with political correctness. We don't have to be backed by a political machine. We can come up and rise from somewhere into something on our own. I'm encouraged moving forward. And, you know, I don't, between you and me, I, I, of course, Trump would be better than Biden. Don't get me wrong. But it was getting a little crazy. Uh, people were were jumping ship from this this uh, Trump administration. And I I don't know. I the opportunity right now to renew the movement is enormous. The Republican Party establishment needs to just go away. I don't yet know exactly what's going to happen. My guess is that the Mitt Romneys uh, and the, the, the other, you know, senatorial types that are excited, excited to have Trump gone are going to wither and die on the vine. Look at uh, who is it? Congresswoman Cheney, Dick Cheney's daughter, who was one of the 10 Republicans to vote for impeachment. Uh, This past week, the Republican Party chairperson in her county in Wyoming said she couldn't win an election for dog catcher after that political stunt. 
See what I'm getting at? It's not all establishment Republicans are the same. It's just the McConnells, the Mitches of the world that have been around so long and they stink. They suck. And there will be a renewal. Because Trump built a following and that following is up for grabs. And Trump still, if he can rehabilitate himself from this disastrous, I think, two months, is still going to be an important kingmaker. And will play an important role. After the election, I told my parents, I said, I, you know, hey, look, this is Trump's going to recharge. He's going to be in the opposition. Um, he's going to be the, the king of the Republican Party. Every time they come after him, it's just going to make him stronger. And he'll run in 2024 and beat the pants off of Biden because we're going to realize that four years of, of, of Biden and Kamala Harris is a disaster. But I think and granted, politics can forgive, but I do think that that ship has sailed. I don't think that Trump is coming back from where uh, where he is. Not without some significant change or act of contrition or mea culpa or something uh, that would you know that would not diminish him at the same time. Recognize and 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 recognize where you know he's he's messed up. He, he would have to rebuild alliances. So, again, the person that wins this, the person that, that takes the torch and moves forward with this is someone who, like Trump, can command crowds and can, can get people excited, who also understands that the politician here is to serve the common man, not the other way around but also someone who is able to build alliances and build political machines, which was never Trump's strength. Clearly, four years, uh, he did not do a good job at it. And so I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think that's where we go from here. I think that uh, there are going to be, there's going to be a new crop of people, high energy people who have the means and the ability to, uh, to become, um, but who can organize? I think the last thing that I'm going to say about this election, this is a great analogy that producer Robbie reminded me of, is he also, just like my son, used to play water polo. The election, all elections, there are rules to the game, and it's a lot like water polo. Now, if you have, have played the game or you have a kid that plays the game, you know what I'm maybe getting at here. But I'll tell you, water polo has rules. Now, there's a lot of dirty stuff that goes on under the surface of the water. And a lot of what goes on under the surface of the water is against the rules. But it comes with the game. Coaches teach players to deal with it. Many coaches tell players to break some rules and to break rules only up to the point that they are confident they can get away with it. In other words, there's rules to the sport and then there's an unwritten set of rules to the sport, basically whatever you can get away with. And you play games based on that assumption. You engage in the sport knowing 
that you're going to get somebody scratching you or trying to pull your shorts down or whatever goes on under the surface of the water. You don't lose a major tournament and then after it's over, raise your hand and go, ah, I got scratched. It interfered with my shot. The ref, the ref hates me. You don't, it doesn't work that way. And that is how we sound right now. Get a grip, people. If this was your kid playing a sport, you tell him to get up, get going, and play again better next time. And I am your coach in this. And I am telling you, we all need to get a flipping grip and move on. The rules are what they are. Politics are a dirty business. We know it. So the answer is organize better, build a better ground game. I don't know. We just can't go into this like choir boys. Oh, my goodness. I'm, 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 oh my God, per clutch my pearls. Oh, oh, the Democrats cheated again. I didn't see it coming. Give me a break. Get back to it. Organize. Get this thing cleaned up. Support our new crop of candidates. We're going to come out of this okay. We will survive. All right. When I come back, let me talk a little bit about the show and my year. Uh, let me complain to you about all the things that are going. No, just kidding. No complaining. I'm just, um, I know I, I owe you guys an explanation. So back right after this. If you've been injured in an accident, you need the right team on your side. Ashley is a former insurance defense attorney who knows the insurance industry's playbook. And Sam is an experienced high-stakes negotiator for accident victims and their families. At Sam and Ash, our sole focus is on you, your recovery, and getting you the best possible settlement in the least amount of time. Call us day or night at 702-820-1234 or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here in the Sam Nation studios, deep behind the orange curtain, back to the scene of the crime where it all began once upon a time. Happy Saturday, uh, friends good to be here with you okay i know you i know uh, let me just say a couple of other things observations since i got some quizzical looks here in the studio as i as i sounded an optimistic tone about the future of the movement and the movement being uh, i would say a purification of the republican party getting back to conservative principles uh and um and uh, and and resurrecting uh, the Make America Great Again movement. So I told you all the reasons why mm, the movement is going to be okay from our side. We're here. Our opinions and convictions did not change. We've demonstrated 
to the powers that be that we can come out, show up and vote and that it's a significant number of people. Look, 70 million or so people voted for Trump this last go around. That that's that you know, if if that coalition could have been grown out, if there could have been a 10 more million people that came out, I think Trump could have done that if he had done a few things differently. That would have been enough to win the election. Now, we can do that. The other reason why I feel so optimistic is friends don't underestimate the American left cutting their own legs off. These these people are so stupid they can't chew gum and fart at the same time. I they literally Trump with this, you know, Capitol Hill rally that turned into a riot, handed them on a silver platter an opportunity to run away with everything. And they're already squandering it. Impeachment of a president on his his last five days to go. I mean, what will that effectively making Trump the topic of conversation for the first two, three weeks of the Joe Biden, the new Joe Biden presidency. An opportunity, a golden opportunity. This is, by the way, what Joe Biden's talking point should be right now. We are going to come together. There are no reprisals. Let's move on for this. We are a one America. But instead, you've got the Lincoln Project out there blacklisting people you've got you've got the whole this whole thing that twitter google apple they have literally sawed they're sawing off their own legs in front of us online just it's unfolding what do i mean by this i mean of course that this will come back and haunt them they have just they are poking at a sleeping giant I've mentioned it before on this program, but there is a there is a legal precedent for the Supreme Court to come in and declare these social media platforms, the Internet, generally speaking, channels of communication being declared public access that cannot be regulated on the basis of speech content. And the First Amendment, if I may so remind you, is extremely broad. Incitement. I mean, it, the, it comes down to imminency of a threat to be carried out and, and capability of a threat being carried out for there to be any form of restriction, governmental restriction on free speech under the First Amendment. This is established case law. So. The Democratic Party, instead of saying, this is our moment, we're going to rise to the occasion, see everything we told you about Trump is right, the guy is reckless, but we as a country are going to move on. No, they are still so obsessed with Trump that they are willing to throw away life-changing, career-changing political opportunities just to spite him and to, frankly, carry out revenge. Revenge is a bad look. I know I have a number of Democrats that listen to this program. Please listen to me. Free advice. Uh, And trust me, I, I, 
<laughs> I know what I'm talking about. It's a bad look. And it will come back to haunt you. And it, it will. And again, tell your friends in tech. This will backfire on them spectacularly. Because what will happen is the Supreme Court. And, and don't think that this is a Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg might have surprised some of you. I could see her ruling against big tech on this one where she's still here. Don't be surprised if you lose liberals on the court to this. And don't be surprised, conversely, if some conservatives vote on this, uh, for big tech. Because this question of it's going to come down to private property rights. Be, this is going to be a very, very interesting topic. We'll get more into that in subsequent shows. So now let me say, well, I'll conclude this, this whole thing with uh, the, the Democratic Party. The, these are guys who are missing in action over the summer as small businesses were burning to the ground, as cities were taken over, as as federal buildings were getting attacked and des- desecrated. I'll use that word since it's so popular right now. Minneapolis, they let a police station burn to the ground because you know what? George Floyd. What? What? You're you people are insane. I I don't even know what to. Oh, and now it took Donald Trump to convince the American left that riots are bad. <sighs> the inconsistency on this is astounding. And what I saw as for the most part, the American right was consistently against riots and violence caused by Antifa, caused by BLM, caused by the left, and were consistently against violence caused by the right, more the Antifa interlopers with them, whoever they may be that stormed the Capitol. There are plenty of people on our side of things that did unacceptable, illegal, and terrible things that day. And we condemned it. We were consistent. And that is what's going to win hearts and minds. And I, I tell you, all, all this did is reveal how, how hypocritical uh, the, the, the American left is. If I had a dollar for every member of Congress... And their enablers and the media who were making excuses for BLM and Antifa over the summer and were uh, I don't, anti-cop. Can I say that? Anti-police who suddenly were like, help us, police, police. <laughs> there is a man with body paint and hordes wearing animal skin. How dare he? Not PETA friendly. That has stormed the Capitol. Just, I, you can't even make this stuff up. So I, I'm just do not underestimate the Joe Biden presidency not starting off on, on the right foot and, and, and they, they'll eat their own. So we'll talk more about that next week. All right. Speaking of the show, I do have a day job. I have a law firm that we started. It's going great. Uh, I'm loving it. Last year was very challenging. And and I think, you know, I, I think I've got to figure out a way to do this program on a regular basis 
uh, that is as as easy to do as possible. And it got to the point where I just I ran out of hours in a week to do anything. So what I will do this year, friends, is I will figure out a way to do the show on a regular basis where we find a day a week to do it. And we're going to go to a podcast only format. So check all the usual uh, distribution channels. Uh, We are, as you know, on Apple iTunes until they, of course, they boot us. (laughs) Spotify, tune in uh, and just find us and, and tell your friends about us because we need this thing to grow. I think one of the challenges is when we, you know, we were building up a great audience in L.A. when we were on KBC and everything was going great. Uh, And then, of course, I ran into some challenges uh, with my former partner uh, and I I certainly couldn't do a nightly show. Uh, That was two hours every day, every weekday. That was a lot. Uh, and then as I came out of that, we started doing a once a week show. Uh, we're picked up by uh, a station in Las Vegas. Um, and that just is, um, well, I'll just leave it there. We're, we're going to do a podcast and we'll do it on a regular basis. My effort will be to do a show once a week. So producer Robbie, does that sound good to you? Getting a thumbs up. All right. Beautiful. Friends, until next time, keep the faith, be optimistic. We're going to have a lot of fun here. We will get past these next four years. We're get, we'll have some fun with it. And uh, remembering, uh, we always, you know, we survived eight years of Obama. We survived eight years of Bill Clinton. Frankly, looking back, we even survived eight years of George Bush. Uh, so we can we can do this. And we're ready, I think, in America for another Ronald Reagan. And and that man or woman is out there. I promise you. And it's um, it's going to be a beautiful thing. All right. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Be well. Sam Rajovsky signing out. Yeah.